Hi, I'm Becky Eakins, business mindset and lifestyle coach for occupational therapists. I focus on creating a freedom-based online business, helping OTs to package up their skills in unique and exciting offers that feel so good that they sell with ease in the online space. Since leaving the profession of OT, I have now worked with hundreds of clients online, helping them to create a life they feel inspired by. In this podcast, I will talk about the lifestyle goals, mindset and strategy you need to create your own life of freedom. Hello and welcome. And today we're talking about what makes OT so perfectly suited to creating a life of freedom. And I may be slightly biased, but I think that we do it so well and we have way more skills than we realise I remember years ago speaking to an OT who was retiring early to do craft and another one who'd set up a bakery business. And then there was another who was emigrating to Australia. And at this stage, I commented on how OTs had a tendency to go and live their dreams earlier than other people. Now, statistically, I've no idea whether that's true or not. But the person who I was speaking to, and I can't remember who it was now, but they said something that's just lasted in my mind forever. They said that's because all OTs eventually OT their own life. And when they do it, it inevitably leads to big life changes. So I've often mused over this and thought how as a profession we're just like such a talented and interesting group of people. When I first left OT, I did not want to work with OTs. I'll be absolutely honest. It was the last thing on my mind. I felt so burnt out at that point when I left the profession that I wanted to avoid any memory and just speaking to OTs I found would just bring me back to that same level of stress. But OTs kept being attracted into my space. And whenever I met an OT, I just had this sense that I was at home. The conversations just seemed to flow like we had a shared understanding. Um, I think maybe it's because that we've got a shared perspective of the world and of health and that somehow unites us, even though I was speaking to people internationally. So occupational therapists, I think, are so suited to looking at daily occupations and how they impact on our overall health and well-being. We understand more than anyone what we that what we spend our time doing in each given day really contributes to how we feel overall. So all of that we already know. When our occupations are affected most commonly by an event or an illness as OTs, we also know how this can affect a client. We are so good at helping everybody else at this, but how often do we review our own occupations like how often do we really look at them? So if you was to break your day down, for example, into 10 minute sections and assess what you were doing in each of those 10 minutes, and then maybe just grade each 10 minute section as to how that makes you feel, what overall picture are you going to get from looking at your life? 
Well, the first time I decided to do that um, was when I had two very young kids. I had a big house that I was trying to run. I was working full time and I just felt frazzled. So I started to look at the patterns and the routines I had in my life and assessed where my time was going. A massive amount of my time was spent picking up toys from the floor and moving them into a tidy position. I spent hours of a day, each day, looking at a diary and planning more and more events. I also spent hours and massive amounts of stress really on hosting these regular events there'd be a really big cleanup crazy amounts of food that I'd be preparing all week and trying to make everything look perfect and seem perfect and I I just noticed that I'm always the host here or I was at that time and sometimes the clear up after um I'd hosted could take weeks I remember there was this one party it was one of the last ones I had I think they just kept getting bigger and bigger and I counted, there were about 70 people in, in my home and kids had got into every inch of the house, like the carpet was ruined. There were craft, tiny craft pieces because they used to try and provide activities in different rooms to keep the kids away, you know, like busy and, you know, interested in things and um, kind of like away from certain areas where um, the food was. And there was just literally craft everywhere. <laughs> just The party was one of my literal favourite all-time parties. Um, but realistically, it's no wonder it was draining me of energy. And work just seemed to take up too many hours as well. Like you spend a lot of time at work. And when I looked at my activities at work, paperwork was the biggest thing. And I can remember the computer system just finding it actually really hurt my eyes um, just because of the way it was set out and the small writing that couldn't be made any bigger. And there was a few things just about the computer system alone that seemed to be draining for me. So I realized that I felt good when I was speaking to clients and going out and about in the car and on the visits and helping to solve their problems. I felt good when I was doing physical things, like if I was lifting a a client off the floor using a, a lifting cushion. I loved those kind of situations. I really noticed that I enjoyed the buzz of emergencies, like not knowing what I was doing or where I was going to be, that that made me feel very excited but that most of my day was spent on paperwork. So I took some time to OT my own life. I really did. I took control of the occupations I was doing on a daily basis. One of the simplest, I'm not going to say it was the easiest though, was decluttering. Um, I realized that if I had less stuff, It took less cleaning. It's quite a simple thing. I spent all day picking up toys if I was ever left at home and just moving them. And I just realized what a waste of an an occupation it was because I was just moving them and then they were being moved back and it was just constant and they didn't even appear to be played with. So I emptied the house in a massive way. I actually made thousands and thousands of pounds on just selling items. I got really good at it. And I actually emptied the house so much that we were able to rent it out. 
So we put the house on Airbnb and we kept booking it out while we chose to live in the van. And we'd got very little stuff by then. So our stuff just used to go in. Um, we had a big box each and then that would go away in a locked cupboard. And um, that's how we started creating freedom the first time because we had no other idea of how to make money so that we could keep traveling. So that was our first steps. And it all started with decluttering. Life became more simple when we did that. Um, and of course, we know that as OTs because environment is everything. And that was so key. So when we reduced the clutter around us, and within us, and that's why I do meditation every single day, it enables you to take on more complexity to be able to expand your thinking because actually, wow, we're surrounded by so much internal and external clutter and stress, we're, we're not able to take on anymore. Our brains just switch off and really struggle to cope. And that's when we start like, refusing to accept certain theories or ideas because our brains are just like no that's too much no that's absolutely too much let me not think about that on top of everything else i recorded a mindset meditation one that you can do overnight very powerful in terms of helping you create the confidence, the self-belief and deal with any money mindset issues. I use these kind of overnight meditations all the time. I found them incredibly powerful. So I've created a very special one and I'm giving it for free to all of my podcast listeners. You can download it on the show notes. I did realize at this stage that my occupational therapy job needed to go as working full time. That was too much. And the only way I could see working in the NHS in the UK was with heavy paperwork. Um, I know there's some jobs where you don't get that, but there seemed to be far and few between. So I thought outside of the box instead career wise. Um, so I tried eBay business. I tried Airbnb. I tried network marketing and I made, made money in all of those things in flexible ways. And it was enough that I was able to reduce my work from full time to two days a week. And that made a massive, massive difference. Um, but none of my businesses made enough for me to leave completely. It was like I was just playing with small numbers. It it really helped to re reduce work and when I did that obviously my engagement in more meaningful activity went up because I was then able to free up some time but we still seem seem to be stuck in that needing to work lots of hours to um, get anything and, and eBay that just seemed to take a lot of my time so the balance of life did shift a little bit at that time but it wasn't enough so as I help occupational therapists to design their business, one of the things I like to do with them is look at the zones of genius idea. So this is taken from Gay Hendricks in the book, The Big Leap. I love a lot of his books. Um, he's written a few really, really good books, um, but this one's very good as well. So this theory about the zones of genius, it's been life-changing really. 
And it's the idea that we all have these four zones. So we've all got a zone of incompetence, a zone of competence, then a zone of excellence, and then the very best thing being the zone of genius. So it's quite self-explanatory, really, in that in your zone of incompetence, you're not great at those things. And, um, you know, you might find if you look at your life that actually you spend quite a lot of time wasted in your zone of incompetence when in actual fact, if you could hire somebody for it, they would probably do it in a fraction of the time. So then we've got our zone of competence, which is the things we can do. I mean, it's a bit like me picking up toys all day long. I can do it, but it doesn't excite me one bit. And then we've got the zone of excellence. So that might be what you're doing at work. You know, you can do these tasks probably with your eyes closed. You're really good at it. It's easy, but it's just missing that final spark, that buzz or that moment of deep peace that you get when you're actually in your zone of genius, which is the highest one. So I love the idea of this zone of genius because when when we can design a business and a life, a lifestyle really around our zone of genius, the more we can live in this zone, the better we feel because it gives us more energy and we've got more flow in our life, which I really like the idea of. So the aim of creating an inspired business, for example, is to find your path of least resistance And that is going to be the one where you find the flow and that will always be the one that aligns to the very core of you because that's where your energy will come from. So this concept when applied to life or business is incredible really. That's why why I refer back to it so much. So sometimes when I'm working with clients, they're so far off their own path that it's really hard to dig out actually what makes them tick. Um, Even some of the most simple thought-provoking questions that we do in sessions can be really hard. If you spent the last 10 years, for example, and very often it's when people have been raising kids because that takes up so much time or it might be caring for an elderly person or it might be another stage of life where you've just been so invested into studying and working that you've completely lost the core of of what makes you tick and so that's when we have to do a little bit of deeper work in order to dig that out because we want you to find your authentic path so I enjoy doing this. So take clients right from the start of this process, just to dig deep, ask themselves those really uncomfortable questions and just really get to know their purpose, their mission, their zones of genius. And then we can put it all together in one beautiful offer. And I love that. Really, really beautiful. Um, I think OTs tend to embrace this process really well and That leads me to the next reason why I think OTs are so suited to freeing their own lives. And that's because when they gain a strong core identity and they're working in a caring industry, 
they nearly always spot a gap in the market where natural problem solvers or they develop a strong opinion on something that could be done better. We're used to assessing things. We're just used to breaking things down and having a look at how they could work in a better way, more efficient way. And I see so many OTs with amazing missions on their heart. And what happens if, is they have this strong mission or it starts as a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a gripe, something they get a bit annoyed about. And then it builds up and it builds up and then it starts to come in little bubbles until they actually can't contain it anymore. And they just need to take action on it. And I love that. So um, I've been very privileged to meet amazing OTs who've got this big passion for creating change and also have the skill set to do it. And this is why I think we are particularly in a perfect position to help the online world. I've helped so many pediatric OTs, for example. And one of the things I noticed with pediatric OTs is they've got a pattern to really want to help the kids, but they see that they can help the kids more effectively if only they can get to the parents first. So that's a really common one I see. Uh, when I say common as well, I feel that we're at the start of this and that the market for this is, is just phenomenal and it will be growing and we're literally just at the start of of this happening so the only reason I say it's common is that's what I see because I'm a business coach but to the rest of the world they're desperate for your skills they are absolutely desperate out there and wanting the help they're wanting to learn we've got a very receptive audience at the minute people who are wanting to take control of their own health and their own mental health and their own lifestyle. There's a real culture for change um, and we're perfectly suited to lead that. So there's just literally so many amazing ideas coming out from the OTs. I mean, like I've heard so many ideas. I, I couldn't possibly say them all, but, you know, we've had an OT creating an app, for example, to support neuro clients on the return to work. We've um, had educational programs being made, burnout programs being sold both corporate at corporate level and to private clients. Lots of coaching style programs that just benefit in in so many different ways with mindfulness, sensory work. Um, then we've got hybrid businesses that combine conventional OT with extra online services. So there's literally so much that you can develop um, and it's a very individual thing. So I just want to really encourage you that we are perfectly suited in the online space to help the world. If you're starting to have a thought or an idea, just believe in yourself. I'm not saying all ideas are good, but normally one idea will adapt and grow and change. And eventually you'll have something that's absolutely brilliant that feels perfect to you. And you'll just find your thing. But if you don't start the process, you'll never know. We've just got a skill set and a way of working with clients that is incredibly desirable by those who do not have this knowledge. So be encouraged. Think big. Think bigger. 
just wanted to take a moment to share how I help occupational therapists to create their own version of freedom. I help OTs all around the world to design, launch and scale their online business. You will learn how to tap into a deeper understanding of your purpose, your mission and how to turn that into an exciting offer to sell online. I've clients who've hit 3K, 5K, 10K and 15K months. Anything is possible. If it sounds like a good fit, then contact me via the link on the show notes.